Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Because if we're, if we're alive in Christ, then we're dead to the world, aren't we? And I'm telling you, the way the world is going, not a bad thing to be dead to. It's even better to be alive in Christ. Amen. Father, thank you that we can gather here today. Lord, we don't come out of obligation. We don't come out of irritation. We don't come for any other reason than to spend time with you in your church or body so father thank you so much that you have placed us here in this area you have given us this building but lord this building's nothing without you and nothing without your church so lord we rejoice in that this morning how exciting we come to you this morning with excitement but also with anticipation lord Lord, every day we wake up in the morning, we need to anticipate what you are going to do in this world, in our lives, and that's no different this morning. So, Lord God, we, we step out of the way. We, we remove ourselves so that you can do what you want to do and allow us to receive that. Help us to tune out from the world, to quiet quiet our thoughts, quiet all that outside junk that, that causes busyness in our lives. And for the next several minutes, Lord God, let, let us just concentrate upon you. Let us hear your word. Let it expand within us. And Lord God, help us to put those words into the actions of our life. Lord God, help us to be intentional. Lord God, to live a life in accordance with you, Jesus. We lift your name on high. You're the number one reason we're here today, Jesus. It is all about you. It's all about you. We praise you. We lift the name of Jesus on high. And we pray. And we boldly state that we believe in prayer in your name. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Yes. You guys can grab a seat if you would like. All right. Thank you, worship team. Kids, I'm going to get you guys out of here. You guys go. Run. Be loud. Have fun. All of that great stuff, right? Gotta love it. All right. You know, last week I was just raring to get into the message, and I think that was appropriate, but we, we didn't do any announcements last week, so we need to catch up just a little bit. There's, there's a couple important announcements today. To start out with, um, the baby shower. We got a baby shower today for Elijah Dane Copeland. That's Alvin and Brittany's new little boy. Um, the problem is, is there's some illness in the family. And Alvin and Brittany and little Eli are, are not able to come today. And I just, we just found out this morning... Um, 
it's all decorated downstairs and everything. Um, so what we're going to do, all the food is already here and everything. So what we're going to do is, is just take your, your gift down there, leave your gift, and grab some food. <laughs> Right, and uh, and we'll just have to do it that way. Um, so we'll make sure the gifts get to them, but we also don't want to waste the food that we that we already got. So please hang around after service and do that. Amen. We can do that, right? We're good at eating. It's like, hey, that church is good at eating. So we'll we'll do that, and then of course be in prayer, prayer for that family. Um, they've faced a few little trials and tribulations post pregnancy. Um, a lot of you guys that are on the prayer team know and understand that. So let's continue to pray for that, for the, for that family. And then next Friday, no, this coming Friday, it would be this coming Friday, May 12th, we're going to do a night of worship, prayer and healing. Yay. Right? Yay. 7 p.m. We'll meet here. I'm going to do just a, a really small, um, talk super small on spiritual warfare and we're going to kind of gear this um, prayer time toward spiritual warfare and if if you guys are like what is spiritual warfare be a great time for you to attend if some of you guys are just maybe have some trepidation or some misconceptions about spiritual warfare. We're just going to talk about that real quick and and then we're going to talk about kind of how that is going to um, play into our summer prayer walking time. Good stuff, right? So plan to attend that. That is Friday, May 12th at 7 p.m. And then we can get all prayed up. And then on Saturday, May 13th at 8.30, we'll gather here to, to do, do our highway cleanup and our churchyard cleanup. So you guys can be here Friday and Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be awesome, right? Gather with your, with your family. There is a sign-up sheet um, on the table in the foyer just so we know how many people are coming and for what. And what we're going to do is we're going to do the highway cleanup first at 8.30, and then we're going to meet back here for brunch because we love to eat once again at 9.15. And then after brunch, we're just going to we're going to attack these church grounds after this, this little mild short winter that we're coming out of. Um, everything is greened up so amazingly, um, and it's time to just get our, get our church cleaned up. So that is Friday, and then that's Saturday, and then Church 101. That'll be on May 21st right after service. So if you're interested in becoming a member, the sign-up sheet is back on the foyer as well. Um, I've been trying to have this, but we've had so much going on. We're finally having it on Sunday, May 21st. If you have signed up and you're no longer planning to attend, please just cross your name out. Or if you haven't signed up and you want to come and figure out what we believe here and what we're all about and, and possibly um, go for church membership, which I say it that way, but it's not that hard to do. We just want to make sure you know what we believe in. Um, sign up. I just need to kind of have an account or an account, not an account, just account um, on how many people are, are going to be there. And then one final announcement. This is kind of exciting. How many of you guys are enjoying the Bridge Cafe? A few people. I just, I, I, I get tickled on, on Sunday mornings when, when I walk through here and, and uh, it's like, wow, that is a foo-foo drink with whipped cream and all this stuff. 
And I wonder who gets that, and they take it to, to some burly-looking guy. It's just so funny. And, and, and you know, it's like there's, there's pink stuff, and there's white stuff, and there's, there's copy-looking stuff, and there's not a lot of straight copy-looking stuff. But it's been going so good, and I'm, I'm so, so glad that we have done that. A couple things that, that I'll ask you, though. Um, we need to all, always remember that the people that are working in there, they're volunteers, right? And just because they're working, in there doesn't mean they don't want to still worship with us in here, right? So if you're coming in at like 10 o'clock and thinking, well, I'll just get coffee now and I'll just order a couple drinks and you keep in mind that that, that backs them up and we don't want them to, to, to miss our worship time and, and, and this time in here. So come early and come often, but it opens at 9 a.m. And if the earlier you come, the more opportunity you have to hang out with people and to get to know people even more. And that's a great thing. To help with that even more, we are now doing online ordering. So you can be like, hey, Saturday night, you can be like, I'm getting ready. This is for the non-procrastinating people. I am getting ready for church. I'm just going to place my order right now. And that order will come up at like 9 a.m. over there. Um, and then your coffee drink will be ready as soon as you walk in. No having to wait in lines or anything. So the, the best way to do that is to have our, our app, our church app. So you go on there, get on our church app. It's like the fourth button down. And you can just place that online order. That's pretty fancy, isn't it? We're pretty fancy when it comes to coffee here, and it's, it's been a great thing, and there's been a lot more connection and, and everything. But please come early or use that online app. It'll help, it'll help out tremendously. Um, and, of course, if you want to be a part of that, um, get a hold of Mel or John, and, and they will get you plugged in. All right. We're going to do a, a update on the legislation as it's rapidly coming to an end. Right? The session's over, right? Yes. Yes, the session is over. Um, it ended Monday or Tuesday, and the governor signed quite a few bills. The ones that we were, that we had on the back table, there were many others, but altogether we had 4,800 bills go through our capital wow. in four months' time, so I couldn't get to all of them. But um, Senate Bill 154 was the right to privacy that when a woman is having an abortion, she cannot use the um, Constitution as a right to privacy because she's not by herself. She has a baby inside her womb, so they tend to use that, and they can't now. Uh, Gianforte did sign that one. Uh, yeah, that's a good clap, definitely. That's a, that's a win for us. House Bill 575, prohibit abortion of unviable children. He did sign that, but there is an exception for the mother's life in that bill. And moving on. House Bill 721 is the restrict unborn child from dismemberment. That one is, is when the baby is in 12 weeks to, I believe it's 20-something. The baby cannot be dismembered except for the mother's life. So, and he did sign that one. House Bill 359 is prohibit minors from attending drag shows. It has been sent to enrolling, which means they printed out. The governor has not signed it yet. And what took so long on that one is our sponsor held tight to his beliefs 
He held tight to his convictions. They tried to change his mind, and he, they couldn't change his mind and said that we need to prohibit the drag shows for the kids until they're 18 and older, and then they can go to whatever they want to do. This is in public commercial buildings, not private homes. If they want to have the drag shows in their private homes, they are still welcome to do that. This is just for public taxpayer-funded facilities and that type of thing, and it's not been signed yet, but we're hoping that it will be. Let's see, House Bill 234, revised dissemination of the materials in the libraries, the museums, and the school libraries. That one got amended, and it's going through the legislature. The sponsor um, went ahead and just let them do what they needed to do. That does not hold the staff or the librarians accountable for the materials that they have in their library, so we need to pray about this one. We need to join the school boards because the materials that these kids are looking at is not for kids. And they made it possible for them to make their own decisions for each school district, not to eliminate it altogether. And the one that he did sign that created all of the uh, capital riot and all of that mess was Senate Bill 99, which provides for a Youth, Help, Youth Protection Act which keeps them from the puberty blockers, the surgeries, until they are of mature age of 18. He did sign that one that was in the paper. So yes, that's a win for us too. But when I was praying about this, I felt God really impressed on my heart that we are a church, God's church, and we love all people. And if they come through those doors, we love all people. And they are welcome here all people we don't discriminate we love all of god's creatures so that's all i have if you want more information you know where to find me after church Forty eight hundred bills that are trying to you know what these bills do is they try to to um implement a way for us to live, right? To be governed by that. So, so 4,800 bills, yet, yet way back a short time ago, there were these 10 commandments that came into the, to the world. So it's like 4,800 bills just this year in just this state. And yet if we were just to go back and, and start rereading and applying those 10 commandments, I, we probably wouldn't need those 4,800 bills, would we? And, and something Cindy said that, that you'll hear this a lot. Yes, everybody is welcome in this sanctuary, in this church. We do not discriminate about, in, about anything. We have our opinions and our views that are reflective in how we vote and the petitions that we sign. But it doesn't matter who, who shows up at that front door. They are welcome here because we all need the freedom that only Jesus can bring into our lives, period. All right. We love, I love saying that from, from up here. I love saying, hey, we have a 100% biblical standard in this church and everyone's welcome. All right. It's awesome. It's two things that, that those that are, 
that our non-Christians try to hang over our heads and, and beat us up with, but it's like, no, that's just how we choose to live our lives. All right, four ways to give like always. We've got online, great way to, to get online. You can give online, text to give, um, giving <laughs> giving boxes. You, very popular here in Montana with the envelopes. You can mail it. Um, that the bridge online, if you don't have the church app yet, it's so easy to get. And that that takes you to everything. That takes you to to the online bulletin. That takes you to um, past messages. Um, you can give. You can order coffee now. For goodness sakes, you can find out what we believe. The the app is really a great thing. So if you don't have that, get it. If you're like I don't know how to get it, talk to John, and he will have it on your phone just like that. All right. Bonnie wanted to give a, an update of her friend last week, but last week got a little good and crazy, so I said this week, because this is exciting stuff. Yes, it is very exciting. Um, I have been working at the schools in East Helena to help my friend who was hurt, and I drive the van that takes the food to the schools. Well, I get off the van the other day, and over here, Renee is standing there looking at me with the boss. And I bought keeled over. I said, what are you doing here? She spoke pretty good. She said, I'm here to see everyone. And so the boss said she wanted to go down the hallways of the school to see if she could remember the teacher's names. And she remembered every teacher's name. She didn't have to look on the doorways to see who they were. And she uh, did not have a walker or a cane. She walked very gingerly, but she, she was able to walk. And I said, um, you know, how are you doing? And she said, I'm doing pretty well. She said, I'm still, and she, her speaking was just amazing to me. I didn't expect that at all. And she said, I'm still doing uh, speech therapy, but she said, everything is coming along way just amazingly more than they ever expected. It was two months ago that she was injured. So she's just, I just, it's a miracle. And I said to her, when I was leaving, I said, you know, I said, probably a million people have been praying for you. And she just screamed at me. She said, I know. And she said, this is what it's done for me. So thank you, everybody. It's just wonderful. Amen. So, so just, in case you didn't know exactly what happened. So, so she fell, and then through that fall, she hit her head and had a stroke. And like, not just like a, uh, a stroke, but like the bad kind of stroke. Not that there's a good kind of stroke, but um, look at that. Um, so there's some miraculous things going on here. And, and um, I was thinking the other day, it's like, we love to talk about the, the church of Acts. And then we look like, oh gosh, if we could only see those type of things happening in our mind. Why aren't we seeing that type of stuff happen? And part of the reason is because we're not as fervent in prayer as the early church was. Though I think this church is pretty fervent in prayer. But I think part of the other thing is, is that we're just desensitized to so many things. And when a miracle comes along, we don't attribute it to, to Jesus, man. We don't attribute it to the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. So I believe there are miracles going on. I believe they're around us. I believe that we are so occupied and preoccupied with other things. Sometimes we just don't see it. 
So let's all pray that our eyes are open to the things around us and we begin to see God moving um, in our lives and in the people around us, I think we'll be blown away. If we could truly have the eyes of Christ, we would be blown away on so many different levels. So let's do that. Let's just open our eyes. All right, let's get rolling. Let's pray and we will get going on this message. Father, once again, we are... We are just joyful to be in your house this morning. Thank you that it was so easy to come to church today. Lord God, we didn't have to um, cross barricades or risk martyrdom or, or go to an underground church. Lord, you have blessed us in such a way where you make it, you make it easy to come to church. But Lord God, let that ease never keep us from the commitment that we should have to you. Jesus, once again, we thank you for all things. Man, it is, it can't, Jesus, we can't say your name enough. We just can't because it's all about you. You have radically changed each one of our lives and you radically want to change it even more. So Lord God, we give you that rule and reign. Holy Spirit, you're obviously here. Your church is here. So where two or three are gathered, you are there also. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We get all that, but Lord God, we want to put you to the front. So Holy Spirit, you got rule and reign here today. Guide this service. Allow me to speak what you desire me to speak and shut my mouth with everything else. And, and Lord, what a great day. What a great Sunday to be different when we leave here today. So Lord, I pray nobody leaves here the same way that they came in. And man, we pray for our community. We, we pray for this community. There are so many uh, discouraged and, and lost people here. They're deceived in, in such a manner that, that all they have is hopelessness in their lives. Lord God, we ask that, that your light break through and and full well knowing, Lord God, we are the ones that reflect your light. So direct us, put us in places where there's opportunity to, to share who you truly are. Help us to all live to that biblical standard and the mandate that you have placed on each one of our lives, full of the Holy Spirit and raring to go. We pray this in your name, Jesus. And once again, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for, for being here. Um, Busy time of the year. Um, we we are full well going to start our series on, on Colossians, but because of different and exciting things coming up, um, next week is obviously Mother's Day weekend. And then on the 21st, um, we're going to dedicate the 21st to Stephen and, and Danielle and, and Judah um, because they are leaving for India on the 22nd. So it's, yeah, so hug on them, love on them today. Um, they're going to be gone next week to a wedding, but then we're going to dedicate the, the service on the 21st to them. Um, it's going to be a great time. You know, with missions, things tend to feel like they're moving really slow. And then they begin to move really fast. And they are now in the phase where things are moving really fast. So today, on your way out, just say, what do you guys need? How can I be a blessing? What do you need? Give them a hug and do whatever. Do whatever you can. Um, and then, of course, the, the Sunday after that's Pentecost Sunday. So we're, we're going to focus in on Pentecost Sunday. Um, oh, it's good. And then the week after that, I've had a 
missionary scheduled for a long time for a week after that. So after that, we will start our series on Colossians. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, and I I can promise you this: the time that we've waited for this series to start, the series is gonna take way longer than that. So you know how how I am. But today today we're in here, and today we're gonna be talking about burdens. Burdens, burdens that we carry in our life. And I know you will agree, this is not a light topic. Come on, that was funny. I'll say it again. Those heavy burdens that we carry in our life, you will agree that that's not a light topic. Now, you guys didn't even laugh. It must not have been that, that funny. I thought it was funny. I thought, oh, this is going to be so good. Now, when we talk about burdens, um, you know, it's one that we got to take on because it's those very burdens that, that really can hinder us and prevent us from living the full and complete life that God has for us. So you guys believe that God has a full and complete life for you, right? I think we all believe that. God has created us in a specific way to fulfill those things that he has for us to do. He wants us to be doing those things, yet burdens can come into our life and screw all that up. Now understand that the full and complete life for us here on earth is is for the glory of God. And it's for our usefulness in the kingdom. Each and every one of you is useful in the kingdom. I don't want anybody to think that they are not. So many times we we can kind of place conditions or expectations on our own life. Oh, God could never use me and, and I could never be useful in the kingdom. And I'm, I'm just thankful that I can have a relationship with him and come to church. That's bunk. That's all good. But never, never classify yourself in that. Man, God wants to do something in you so bad. He wants you to be useful in his kingdom. He wants you to be glorifying to him. And he, he does that to us. I want to to remember that throughout this whole message as we as we look into to burdens. Now when it comes to burdens in your life, they may be few or they may be many. Sometimes they're seasonal, right? Sometimes it seems like we're in a season where man feels like the weight of the world is on us, and other times we're in a season where we're we're pretty carefree. Now they could be burdens that are relatively light, or they could be burdens right now that are downright crushing you. Despite the degree or the intensity, just consider for just a moment here this morning how much time we spend thinking about burdens. How much time we we spend addressing those burdens and, and, and being controlled by those burdens. Many of us are brought up believing that life is supposed to be hard. The, the life of hard knocks, right? And, and to a point, that, that's true. To a point, that is true. Jesus plainly stated in, in John 3.16 that we will have trials and tribulations in this life. But I wonder if the, the burden aspect to our trials and tribulations is, is more of a, an eternal, internal thing. And what I mean is this. There's no doubt that we will face hard times. You're going to face tragic times. You're going to face those times that you are at rock bottom. But it is how we face these things that determines the weight 
of the burdens that we are trying to carry. Let's take a look at Jesus' take on burdens. We're going to start out in Matthew 11. This is 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is where we have to start today. When we're talking about burdens, we have to start here because it's the first step in understanding. So in this portion of Scripture, in the context of this, this portion, Jesus is talking about His way here, specifically His teachings and really His new covenant that He will establish the heavy burden he is talking about here is the, the religious rituals and rigmarole, rigmarole that the rabbis were placing upon the people. So, so each, you know, it was kind of like, like it is now, right? Um, you would go and you would be under a rabbi's teaching. A different could be a different rabbi. And, and depending on, on what they were teaching, it could be really burdensome. And, and, and when you placed yourself under that rabbi's teaching, um, the saying was you were taking their yoke upon you, right? It was their teaching that you were taking upon. And Jesus understood that, that a lot of that teaching was so heavily laden within the law and their, their application of the law that the people were getting crushed by that, right? Their teaching also provided little peace and really no rest. It was one of those, it was like the hamster on the wheel, right? They were expected to get on the reel and just, just keep running. The carrot on the stick, they could never quite get to the carrots. See, man's religion places requirements, but provides little results. So Jesus here is saying that by coming to him, by relinquishing the bad religion they are being crushed by and taking upon themselves his teachings, teachings about mercy and, and grace and the unmerited gift that only he can extend, following him and actually becoming his disciple, there you will find peace, there you will find rest, and there you will find confidence. See, it's all about surrender, isn't it? When it comes to our burdens and we think, oh, I got to carry these burdens, we get so focused upon these burdens, what we got to be thinking about is surrender. We have to surrender those burdens. Those burdens aren't, aren't, aren't given to us to carry. They're given to us to give to Jesus. See, surrendering not only, uh, surrendering not only to ourselves, but also sur surrendering to, to the misguided mindset that so many people can be under. And I'm including Christians here. Now, the world itself, man, they're under some misguided mindsets, right? There's a lot of burdens out there that, that people are dragging around, they're lugging around, they're trying to carry. But for so many within the church, it's not that much different. Speaking of the church, we got to address the elephant in the room, I guess, because it's not thinking that praying the prayer will cause all our problems to disappear. If you've ever, if you've ever fallen to, uh, to that theology or you've heard people say, oh, just come to Jesus and your life will be perfect, 
I think that's a, a very bad sales pitch, right? Because it's a very misleading sales pitch. Rather, Jesus is saying, come to me, follow me, become my disciple, and how you now face those problems and walk through this life will be drastically different. He's not saying that all our problems will magically disappear. He's saying how we, how we um, deal with those problems will radically change. You know why? It's simple, because we walk with Him. So of course, when it comes to burdens, it has to start here in, in this passage of Scripture with an understanding that it's so important to, to walk with Jesus, to give Him our burdens, to take His yoke upon us, to learn from Him, to follow His example. If you just want to find peace for your problems, you are focusing too much upon those problems. Instead, we are to be focusing upon Jesus himself. Removing our eyes from what might be, right? There's a big fear of what might be, what might happen. I'm afraid of the future. I'm afraid of how this might turn out to the one who is. So it starts with salvation, and it continues through discipleship. What is discipleship? Christian discipleship is a relationship with Jesus, the master teacher, following him and adhering to his example and teachings because his training shapes our worldview. We are disciples of Christ because we want a changed worldview. We, wanna, we, we don't want to continue looking at this world through the eyes that, that we've brought up in. We want to be born again. We want to come to Jesus. We want to have that interaction. We want to become his disciple. We want to follow him. We want to hear his teachings. And that in turn shapes and changes our worldview, which then shapes and changes how we walk around in this world. See, our worldview is what determines how we react to those things around us. Things like trials and tribulations and things like burdens. So no matter where we are at, it all comes back to Matthew 11. Continually determining and constantly affirming that Jesus is your Lord and it is His yoke that you want upon your life. Isn't it though? You guys want His yoke upon your life? Because here's the thing about your life. It's going to have a yoke upon it. There's no, I just, sounds so laborious. I just really don't want a yoke on my life. It doesn't, doesn't exist. It doesn't, doesn't happen. We're going to have a yoke upon our life no matter what. But by Jesus' amazing act, by the Father's love for us, He actually extends a choice to us. He says, you want the yoke of the world? Or do you want my yoke? Do you want the yoke of religion? Or do you want my yoke? Do you want the yoke of addiction? Or do you want my yoke? And I say, mm, Jesus, I think I'll have your yoke. That's not a process of elimination. That's a, a process of I'm focusing on you, Jesus. So let's all resolve to, to constantly affirm that Jesus is our Lord and Savior on a daily basis. We repent for our sins and we ask Jesus, Jesus, let me have your yoke upon my life, man. Life is hard enough. Allow me to have your yoke. And that brings us to uh, 
to a passage in 1 Peter. Let's look at 1 Peter. It's uh, chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on Him. For He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. What a great passage of Scripture. See, casting here, he says, cast your cares. Casting here means to throw upon or to place upon. It also means voluntary surrender. When we cast our cares, we are voluntarily surrendering our, our cares and our burdens to Him. Don't walk through life and be mad at God because God didn't take this burden from me. When you're unwilling to surrender it, or to give it to Him. Yeah, another place this word, this same Greek word is used is in Luke 19.35. We just looked at this several weeks ago. And they, brought, and they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. Throwing, casting, they're, they're, they're getting rid of their cloaks. See, the people removed their jackets, their cloaks, their garments that they had upon themselves and threw or cast or surrendered and placed them upon the colt for Jesus to sit on. This is just my theology here. This is just my, my thinking here. But, but when I read that and I, I gained a deeper understanding, I thought maybe there's some symbolism here that, that, that would benefit us. See, maybe we're to remove the burdens that are upon us and take them off just like, just like the cloak and, and, and throw them or, or cast them, surrender them to Jesus, right? All too often, the burdens that we carry is like a heavy backpack or it's like a real heavy coat and it smothers us and it weighs us down and it keeps us from pursuing the things that God wants us to pursue. And maybe just maybe Jesus is saying, take them off, just remove them and cast them to be. And maybe by doing this, we are honoring and we are trusting Jesus in the process. Wasn't that what they were doing when they were taking their garments up, putting them on the colt, putting them on the ground? They were, they were honoring Jesus. So, so just maybe by us surrendering our burdens and casting our cares upon Him, that's a way to honor Jesus in my life. Doesn't that make sense though? We honor those things, those people that we trust. If we don't trust somebody, we're not going to honor them. We might honor them because we have to. Well, I guess if they're in that position, I should acknowledge that. But, but that's reluctant, right? We honor Jesus with all that we do. And sometimes what we do is we cast our cares and we surrender our burdens to Him. And that's a way to show honor. See, giving up... That's which we have been fixated upon so that we may now focus on our Savior King. Boy, there's so many, there's so many things that crop up in our life. And it's like, it's like, here I am and here's Jesus. And all of a sudden there's a forest between us, a forest of distraction, a forest of, of burdens, a, a, a forest of, of sins and, and lusts and things that are chasing for our, our attention and everything. And sometimes we just need to, to, to get kicked back. We need to get a chainsaw. We need to mow all that down. We need to give it to Jesus and say, Jesus, allow my eyes 
to be focused upon you, my Savior, King. So it says, cast your cares. Surrender your burdens. We do it over and over and over. And then when we get to that point, we do it over and over and over again. See, we are funny mankind, so we have a tendency to to get all excited. Oh, yes, Jesus, it's all about you. It's all about Jesus. I, I feel real close to you right now. I feel like we're, we're Jesus, you're doing stuff in my life. There's blessings. You're, I'm hearing your voice. It's, it's this great thing. So Jesus, I, I got these burdens, and I want to cast these burdens upon you. See, we, we do those things, but, but then we have a tendency to cast and then pick back up, don't we? We pick them back up on the way out. Oh, man, I went to the altar on Sunday and had this great altar time. I really feel like I laid stuff down on the altar. Did you leave it there? No, I picked it up and I took it with me. Yes. Of course, I, I didn't know what to do with it. And, and we have a tendency to do things like that. But Jesus is saying, cast it. Get, get rid of it. Don't take it back. He wants our dirty garments. And he's going to do with them what's appropriate with them. We got to get that mindset. We cast them and we leave them. We leave them with Jesus. That sounds pretty good, right? Wouldn't you agree that sounds pretty good? It's like, man, because I'm telling you what, each and every one of us are under burdens. Again, to the extent varies, but we're all under burden. So we read something like this, it should sound pretty good. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, we need to go back a verse. Let's look at 1 Peter with verse 6 and, and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the approach appropriate time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. This is an important part. And this is why we don't pick and choose verses out of the Bible, right? It's like, oh, I really like that, that portion of that verse. So let's key in on that and let's not talk about the other stuff because the other stuff, now nah, I don't really like the other stuff. But we got to get the full picture here. See, casting our burdens upon the Lord, though it sounds pretty good, the, the, the true reality is, is the greater picture is even better. Verse 6 reminds us that it is, in fact, all about Jesus Casting our, our burdens and our cares upon Jesus requires humility in us. Something as Americans, and I'll say this, something as Montanans maybe, that, that is a little hard and a little struggle with humility sometimes because, ooh, we're this. Man, we live in the most powerful nation in the world, and, and out of that entire nation, we're from Montana. And that's even that's even better and and sometimes there's not a lot of humility within our lives sometimes sometimes there's not enough humility to lay down before God and to simply cast our cares and that can look a little different that's my problem I'll handle it Jesus I'm going to handle these problems before I come to you you ever hear people say that well, I'm going to eventually get to church, but there's some things in my life that I need to clean up. That's not humility. Humility is saying I can't clean them up on my own, and i got to have Jesus to do it. So humility in his presence is a great thing. Humility allows us to understand better just how amazing God is. 
See, Jesus, Jesus wants to set us in a place where we can pursue and practice the unique calling that he has placed upon our life. Each one of you, I'm looking at all these faces in here, all these faces, and each one of you has this beautiful, unique calling upon your life. Don't run from that calling. Don't try to diminish that calling. It's something super unique and super powerful and super beautiful. And Jesus, man, God built you that way. He gave that to you. He also desires us to take upon himself. And, and he wants to, to free us from the, the, the main deterrent to that calling. See, the main deterrent to that calling is our burdens, right? Think of how many times that we don't do something that, that God is saying, you need to do this because we're burdened about something or there's a, uh, that, that distraction. The distraction is nothing more than a burden. Busyness is nothing more than a burden. We need to get beyond that. We need to give that to Jesus and say, Jesus, how? Do you want me to live my life? Stepping away from all those man-made things and focusing on Jesus. See, in God's wonderful and complete plan, he has made every provision for us here. And yes, as we learned last week, the, the gate is narrow. And those who will choose to live a life in accordance with Jesus is few. And that's heartbreaking. It really is. Part of that involves humility. Part of that involves us surrendering and casting our cares to Him and upon Him. I have a, a couple studies. I, I, I find a lot of the, the recent studies pretty fascinating that are coming out. And it's like, well, duh. You know, on one hand, it's like, well, of course. You're just, you're just proving that the, the Bible's right. You're just proving that the words of Jesus are correct. But it's still fun to read those because, because these uh, studies and these, these polls, they, they get way beyond the church walls and the mainstream um, people. The media can look at them and then they got to rationalize those. But, but listen to this, this um, from an article that just came out last March, just several months ago. It says this. Over the past 20 years, the death rate from drug poisoning in the U.S. has tripled and suicide and alcoholic liver disease deaths have increased by 30%, particularly among middle-aged white Americans, according to a study by the National Center for Health Statistics. Further evidence shows that these dramatic changes in mortality rate within American communities actually begin in the late 20th century. But researchers have been unable to pinpoint a cause for these deaths of despair. To fill that gap in understanding, Daniel Hungerman, professor of economics at the University of Notre Dame, and his co-authors studied the connection between a sharp downturn of religious participation in the late 1980s and the swift rise in deaths of white Americans ages 45 to 54 in the early 1990s. It's pretty unusual for an advanced country like America to see people starting start dying sooner at a younger age. 
Hungerman said, and what we found is that there is a direct correlation between the effects of religious practice and these mortality rates for alcoholism, suicide, and overdose. How about that? Interesting, isn't it? That's revolutionary. I've never heard anything like So he's saying, man, if you have a relationship with Jesus and you attend church, you're going to live longer. Actually, what he doesn't quite understand is you're actually going to live for eternity, right, with Jesus. So, so it's interesting to us, but, but it's good that these studies are coming up out, yet we, we already understand that. And then as I'm, I'm driving just this week, I think it was Monday, and I, I got, uh, I think it was the news radio on for, I don't know, for whatever reason I was listening to that, there was more headlines. There was more headlines in the news. This is this is just this week. This was this was released. New Surgeon General Advisory raises alarm about the devastating impact of the epidemic of loneliness and isolation in the United States. It goes on to say lacking social connection increases risk of premature death by more than 60 percent and he was talking about how that's that's even um that's a greater percentage than smoking then we all know you know smoking contributes to um premature death but isolating yourself being very inward not having connection now we know that that's 60%. It increases your, your likelihood of premature death by more than 60%. Those are crazy numbers, aren't they? Aren't they crazy? So America, the most industrialized nation, the nation that has the best health care system and, and healthy food system of, of the entire world, our, our death rate of age is now getting younger instead of getting older. For, forever, it kept, every year, it's like they would add a couple years. Oh, wow, life expectancy is now this. Oh, wow, it keeps getting more and more. And then all of a sudden, 20-some years ago, it changed, didn't it? And now we're going the other way. And now they're starting to figure out some things, right? Let's let our, our scientists and our economic people study this. And what they come to is a faith in Jesus Christ that includes becoming a part of a body and attending church is incredibly healthy for you. It's spiritually healthy, right? But it's also emotionally healthy. And now they're finding it's even physically healthy. Now, from where I sit, I, for one, don't need a, a, these studies to affirm my belief that a life without Christ is a life full of burdens, life full of darkness and, and despair, and, and that, that has a major effect not only on my spiritual well-being, but also every part of my life. I will say, yes, emotional, physical, even financial. It has an effect on all aspects of my health. The way you see yourself and who you associate with influences your thoughts, your actions, your perceptions of the world, of those around you, and also of your burdens, right? If you're plugged into a church and you're connected and, and, and I can say, Charlie, man, I'm carrying a burden. 
I'm carrying a burden and I don't know what to do with it. Charlie's going to say, you should cast that upon Jesus and let me walk with you. Let me, let me grab on your elbow. I'll help you throw it. Right? We, we get together. We have Christian friends that pray for us. Right? We have a church that comes together and, and prays and it helps us. It helps us to walk through. It's so vitally important. The church, a true Bible-believing church is healthy in countless ways. Amen. Jesus calls us to take His yoke and to trade our burdens for His instruction in relationship. And then Peter calls us to cast our cares upon Christ so that we can fully live a life in humble service to the King. It sounds pretty great to me. So what are those things that are weighing you down? And what are those things that are holding you back? See, this this is an odd-looking bulletin, right? There's a lot of white space in there. There's a lot of room in there. See right in that? See that circle right there? You know what you're going to write in that circle right there? I want you to write those things that are crushing you, those things that are deterring you, those things that are holding you back. Heck, if you want, you can draw a picture. But at the end of the service, as we transition to a time of communion, I want you to take that and I want you to fold that up. And if you want to throw it on the altar when you walk by, do it. If you want to throw it in the trash can outside, do it. If you want to take it home and burn it, do it in a responsible way because we don't need any forest fires set by our church, right? But I want you to do that. Think about it. What, what is holding you back from jumping in and truly, truly becoming a disciple of Christ, what what is it that that you could give up to become a deeper disciple of Christ? Cast your cares, surrender them to Jesus this morning. Is it your doubt? Is it your doubt or disbelief? See, there's a couple verses that address that. Let's let's look at that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. We add to that James 1, 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Trust and doubt are at war and they cannot exist together. So if you struggle with doubt, it's time to cast that burden upon Jesus. If you if you struggle with doubt, put it on there. Stick it on there. Put your doubt and your disbelief right on there. How about anger? Anybody in here struggle with anger? Anybody in here struggle with lying? All right? A lot of people in here struggle with anger. Look at Psalms 30 37 8. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. And then we come to Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Have you ever thought about it like that? Burdens like, like this? Burdens like anger give opportunity in your life for the devil, I was just carrying my burden. Poor me, look at my burden. I got this big burden of anger that I got to carry. Nobody understands. You don't understand. It's a burden of anger. And Jesus is saying, man, 
Take my yoke. And Peter's saying, cast it upon me. Because if you don't, it's actually giving opportunity to the devil. So if you struggle with anger, it's time to put it down. Put it down. And it's time to cast that burden upon Jesus. Here's a big one. How about the burden of unforgiveness? Look at Colossians 3.13. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. We could insert, I'm offended in there, and it would just make some, because everybody in this world right now is offended at something, aren't they? That's just the culture of the world. Let's be offended, but that's not, that's not the ways of God. See, unforgiveness is a burden that will erode you to the core. It has no place in the disciple's heart. And Jesus is the only one who can truly take that unforgiveness from you. So if you struggle with unforgiveness, it's time to cast that burden upon Jesus. Write it down. Get it ready. It's about time to get rid of that. Here's a big one. How about fear? Did you know fear is a burden? No, I thought that was just an emotion or something that I'm going through. It is, and it's a burden at that. How many of you guys want to be fearful? How much, you know, when you have fear in your life, how, how is that uh, helpful and beneficial to your life or your relationship with Jesus? Well, it's not, Pastor, at all. That's crazy talk. Why would it be? We struggle with fear. It's a burden that we struggle with. Look at Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a pretty good reason not to fear, right? 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self control. Man, we got to start living these verses, don't we? We got to start reading them and applying them into our lives and stop walking around this world being afraid of everything, being afraid to offend, being afraid not to offend, being afraid to go to church, being afraid not to go to church, being afraid of God, being, being afraid to not be afraid of God. All of these different things. If you struggle with fear, it's time to cast your burden upon Jesus. Maybe the burden that, that you most struggle with is heartache. It's a true burden. That's a burden many people carry. Look, look at what Psalms says. Psalms 147.3, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. Romans 8.18, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Heartache is a natural response to different things that occur in our lives. It's part of the healing process. The problem is, is that heartache can quickly become a burden that you're carrying in your life and begin to, begin to change the identity of, of you. You're a, you're a broken-hearted person. That person's just broken-hearted all the time. That is not your identity. Cast those cares upon Jesus. If you struggle with heartache, it's time to give that burden to Jesus. And there's also, in this day and age, 
part of those 4,800 bills that have been going through our Congress and, and the lawmakers here in Helena, Montana, a lot of those were addressing the burden of negative self-image. And that burden is wreaking havoc on our society today. How does one come to a place in their life where they hate themselves so much they're just going to end that life and begin a new life as a different gender or a different cat or, or whatever it is, right? There's a burden in there that needs to be cast upon Jesus. That's not Jesus' ways. And there's never a, a happy ending when people go down to that path. Never, never, ever is there a happy ending because that, that path never leads to Jesus. If it doesn't lead to Jesus, it can never lead to healing. Look at Psalms 139, 13 and 14. For you formed my inward parts. All parts, we'll just say that. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Does your soul know it very well? Does your soul know it? Does your soul cry out and rejoice that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior? You struggle with negative self-image. It's time to cast that burden upon Jesus. You know, I could keep going, and these are just a few examples of the burdens that we might carry. And I don't know what specific burdens you are carrying. Maybe it's the burden of busyness or offense or, or, or any of those big ones in society today. What I do know, I, I don't know much. You guys know me. I don't know much. But what I do know for sure is that the Word, the Bible, the Scriptures will address every one of those burdens. Amen. And it will always encourage us to surrender to relinquish, to cast those cares upon Him. I know what you might be thinking. Yeah, it can be real easy for Him to stand up there and talk about the need to cast burdens upon Christ. That's His job. He's supposed to say that. But, but what does He know about my life? Well, after all, I don't always know what you guys are going through. Yeah, so that statement might be very true. But I do know the one who wants to carry that very burden. See, I don't have to know it all because he knows it all. You don't have to tell me. You just got to tell him. You can come to me and we'll pray together. We'll put it out on the prayer chain if need be, all of that. But it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. Don't cast your, yeah, don't, please don't cast your cares and burdens on me. I got enough of my own that I'm trying to, I don't need, you know, that's why, that's why a lot of people don't own a pickup truck, right? If I own a pickup truck, everybody will ask me to help them move. So it's easier just not to own a pickup truck. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm not the pickup truck for your burdens. He is. I don't have the ability to deal with your burdens. Oh, no. But He does. Now, understand this. Casting... Casting our, our burdens upon Christ doesn't mean we don't still have responsibilities, 
right? Burdens and responsibilities are different. See, there's a difference between condemnation and consequences. Sometimes things we do are going to carry a consequence that we have to deal with and, and figure out, but, but condemnation comes from the devil, and condemnation comes from ungodly people. Condemnation also creates unbearable burdens. So don't condemn people. When we condemn each other, all we're doing is causing, causing more and more unbearable burdens upon their life. Consequences are obligations we create as a result of the choices we make. And some of those are good and some of those are bad. So when it comes to these opportunities in life, God's giving us opportunities to speak life or speak death, to help, to hurt, to, to do all these things. We, we have to decide how we respond with our own burdens, how we're going to react because of those burdens. We have to decide how we are going to respond. We have to ask ourselves, where is our trust? Where are we placing our trust? Where do we place our confidence? Let's resolve to keep our eyes on the shepherd and ourselves in the fold of the flock. Worship team, if you guys want to come on up here. I hope you guys either really did this, write some words, drop picture, do whatever, or you, or you did it in your mind or whatever, because as we take this time and we're going to enter into communion, you guys know how we serve communion up here, right? We, we get in a line, and, and I was talking to Jen about this before service. I said, I love that we don't pass communion around. I love that people have to get up and walk up here because I see people... And they're praying and they're encouraging each other. They're hugging each other. They're talking to each other in line. And, and then people walk by me and pat me on the back or shake my hand or say something to me. And, and sometimes it's amazing, heartfelt, deep, Holy Spirit inspired. And other times it's very far from that. But, but it's all connection, isn't it? But as we come today, we have an opportunity to cast our cares and our burdens upon, upon Jesus himself. We have, a, we have an opportunity to surrender ourselves to him once more. And that's what communion is really all about. It's, it's our surrender. It's our recognizing that in humility, we need to surrender to him. It's rejoicing that, that there's a new covenant we're under. And it's identifying with the death of our Lord and Savior, that death that, 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 that was required so that we could have reconciliation with our Father. So today, is, as we take communion, I want you to reflect. I want you to take an inventory. And I want you to plan for the future. What you need to surrender and what you need to lay down today, don't let this time slip by just lay it down lay it down and and as you lay that down in its place grab your elements the representation of the elements are beautiful and then when you leave today you know we pray don't let anybody leave here the same way that they came in don't pick those burdens back up remember you still can have responsibilities there can still be things that you have to deal with 
but you don't have to carry the burden for those things. So as we step in communion, we, we serve an open communion in this church. Our beliefs are biblical. We believe that, that as a part of the church, you, you, you come together and we celebrate this together. So what we ask is that you have a, a born-again relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're saying, I'm not sure that I do, you got time to make sure. If you need to grab me, we can pray about it, or you can just simply, man, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe that you're the Savior. I confess that you are my Lord, and you're good to go. So as we stand up and we begin to receive our elements, hold your elements, and we'll come back together and we'll, we'll take them all at once. We're going to worship. If you need to spend time at the altar, if you need to drop some stuff, get rid of those burdens. Cast your cares upon Jesus. Let's truly leave here today much lighter than when we walked in. Amen. Amen. Did everybody get served? Who wants to be served? Never fails in line. Like I said, people speak these deep truths of God and others don't. And somebody pulled me aside and said, stick to the preaching and not the jokes. And I resist that. I don't, I don't believe that was from the Holy Spirit at all. <laughs> All right. So communion is just the symbolism of communion is is so beautiful and so amazing. Like I said before, with the bread, we identify with the sufferings of Christ, right? With with him being beaten, being crucified by his stripes. We are healed, though, right? Because of the the beating, the, the things that he endured, there's there's provisions within our life that are beautiful. And when we take the bread, we are acknowledging those things, right? We are, we are remembering Jesus. And, and really within our lives, we're remembering everything that he has done for us up to here. All those burdens that he's already taken from us but also the burdens that we continually need to give to him. So with our bread, we, we remember those things. Never forget to remember the greatness of Jesus. Every single day we need to be remembering. But the wine symbolizes the new covenant, and it's a looking forward, isn't it? it look, we look forward. We, we understand that we are no longer living under the law that, that nobody could live up to. We're not under the religious baggage that so many people want to place upon us because we're living under the new covenant, the new covenant of Jesus himself, the, the, the one that atoned for our sins, that truly makes us free, that allows us surrender to him and that changes our life forever and with the new covenant we are always looking forward to the day of his return what a wonderful way to live our life what a what a what a confident way we can live our life paul paul spoke about it this way in first corinthians 11 23 through 26 for i received from the lord what i also deliver to you 
that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it and in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's where we're living. We're living in this church age. You're in between his death that brought in the new covenant. And we're waiting for him to come back. Amen. So let's take our bread and let's pray. Father, with this bread, we acknowledge and remember those things that Christ had to go through so that we can have reconciliation with you. What an amazing thing. Help us to never forget, to never deny those things that Jesus went through. Go ahead and take your bread. And with this cup, the symbolism of the wine, the symbolism of the new covenant, the glorious new covenant that, that we are under, there is no longer Jew nor, nor Gentile. There is no longer slave or free. There's none of those things. There's no class system. Lord, with the new covenant, we can truly come to you and lay ourselves at your feet. We surrender to you in humility. We cast our burdens upon you. And under the new covenant, you have such an amazing job and calling upon each one of our lives. And as we are living in this day, in this age, the in-between, we also continually to look for your, your return. Lord, I say, come. Come get your church. We're ready for your return. But until that day, let us be about our Father's business. Go ahead and take the juice. Now, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge all three of you. And let us leave here excited about the opportunities that you place before each one of us. Let us leave here rejoicing with anticipation of, of what you're going to accomplish even the rest of today and this week. Lord God, those burdens that we laid down, let us not pick those back up and let us truly live leave here today free. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone shout it out. Amen. Remember, drop your stuff off downstairs. Grab something and we will see you on Friday and then Saturday, and then Sunday again. Have a great week. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.